0: Welcome to Beyond the Shelf. I'm Scott Curry with Chef's Best. We gather to talk about the trends in marketing, retail and production, food and beverage that are shaping the industry. We're joined today by entrepreneur Adam Heiner. Adam is co-founder of Boochcraft, California's first hard kombucha, which he co-founded a little over five years ago. Adam's kind of seemingly done it all in life. Once working in the mortgage industry, he then owned and operated the local Habit, a farm-to-table restaurant concept with a Cajun twist in San Diego, which he sold in 2013. He was co-founder and CEO of EcoCaters, an organic catering and event planning organization operating coast-to-coast. He is also an Acra Yoga instructor. Adam, welcome to the podcast.
1: Uh, thanks for having me.
0: So you've been on uh, a bit of a kind of entrepreneurial journey uh, over the last decade. D- d- tell me a little bit about you know your your background, uh, your career, and how you ended up as a co-founder of uh, Bootcraft in San Diego.
1: Yeah, you know I I started in the mortgage industry out here in um, in 2007. Actually, in 2004 two, through 2007, um, and kind of got my chops in business, all around business, you know, marketing, online marketing, um, really how to run a business in in that industry. And then of course, in 2007, we had the the mortgage crash and luckily for me, that gave me the opportunity to venture out and start my own, my own thing.
0: Yeah. And, And, uh, you know, it started with the local habit, uh, starting a restaurant is, as I understand, uh, there's obviously, I think we're aware of the risks that are there, but, but it's a, it's a challenging industry. Did you have a background, um, kind of in the food or restaurant services area before, or did you just jump right in?
1: You know, actually in 2007, we started EcoCaters. Um, Nick, Nick, and myself, that was, uh, my first, uh, time owning a food operation, but I had been in the service industry my whole life. Uh, we started catering events in San Diego and Los Angeles, and eventually we expanded out to Washington D.C. And then, in the middle of the eco cater stint, uh, Nick and I opened, uh, along with another guy, Barry Braden, we opened Local Habit in Hillcrest. So, my first foray was was in the catering industry, and and then overlaid that with uh, with Local Habit as well.
0: A lot of uh... Is it fair to call you a brewer? Is that the term that we use here for for hard kombucha? Yes, bootcraft we are we are brewing hard kombucha right and we're uh you know a, a lot of i think craft brewers i think is you know what what we think of um almost start in their basement um and and started as a mm. hobby uh tell me how bootcraft got started.
1: Well, I can rewind a little bit to just kind of how I started yeah. brewing kombucha. Uh, we I started brewing kombucha uh, for our restaurant, for Local Habit. When we first opened the restaurant, I was brewing at home, just regular kombucha, not alcoholic. And um, I figured it would be good to put it on tap. And we just saw an outstanding demand for regular kombucha on tap at Local Habit. And so that was kind of where I first got the idea that maybe making kombucha for a living could be a, a real thing. Um, fast forward, we sold the restaurant and was still working in the catering industry, uh, with eco caters. And I was hanging out with my buddy, Todd, thinking about some business ideas. And we started talking about the kombucha idea and, you know, his eyes lit up and mine, um, lit up as well. And I was like, wow, this could be a real thing. So, uh, next day I called my brother-in-law, Andrew, who's, who's our broom kind of like a uh, mad scientist, our innov- he does all of our innovation and new flavors. And he um, he jumped on board and the three of us just, you know, went for it. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, I, I say this confessing, I haven't had a hard kombucha. Um, clearly I need to. Uh, <laughs> I <just laughs> haven't, haven't come around to that yet. Uh, but t- tell me w- how, you know, we're familiar with kombucha, I think, most of us at this point have at least um, had it i I get it with some regularity um, with the health benefits, which I want to get into a little bit but um what what's kind of the difference between a kombucha and a hard kombucha uh, obviously it's alcohol, but um I'm not sure how how dig we can deep into the kind of the physical properties of it, but yeah walk a listener through what the experience can be from a taste standpoint um and and you know feel free to sprinkle in there a little bit about how you know kombucha which i think is fermented i don't know i'm going to make this up because i'm not a brewer but probably continues along the fermentation process Mm -hmm. and becomes hard give us the background on on what a hard kombucha is
1: sure so i'll also kind of revisit the last question, just say that in the very beginning, you know, we didn't know of any hard kombucha that existed and and we kind of were figuring out for ourselves. So Andrew was in his, it did really start in Andrew's garage as well as mine. We had the, we had the primary kombucha tests going in my garage, just trying to grow up some SCOBY and uh, primary kombucha. And then Andrew was trying to figure out how to make hard kombucha. And that took, you know, all of the first one to two years where we were kind of building the brewery and and building the brand before we had product available with Andrew just running hundreds of experiments. And finally we kind of figured, we figured it out, Andrew figured it out. And um, so, yeah, so basically we start out by making regular kombucha and regular kombucha is a fermented tea. We use a really amazing high, some of one of the highest quality um, teas in the world from China that's grown in uh, regenerative forests out in the South Huron province, um, up on the, up on the mountains. And, um, we, so we start with a really good product, the tea. And we make a regular kombucha, which is just cane sugar added to the tea. And then we pitch, uh, the, the kind of old kombucha, the, the bacteria and yeast, the liquid, as well as the SCOBY, the thing that floats on the top. Um, you don't actually need a SCOBY to make kombucha. The SCOBY is actually a byproduct. That's kind of a common misnomer. So we just throw some of the, you know, the old batch of kombucha into the into the, the sweet tea, and then it forms a scoby and it makes regular kombucha. After that regular kombucha is done, uh, say a couple of weeks, we then take the scoby out and we pitch um, a, a brewer's yeast. We use an organic wine yeast and then um, more cane sugar. And so now you've already got kombucha and um, all the probiotics and all the benefits of kombucha, and now the the new yeast, uh, the brewer's yeast, takes over and just ferments that cane sugar really quickly. And so, give it another week to ten days, and you've got hard kombucha.
0: Got it. And and I think one of the many reasons why kombucha has you know really burst onto the scene. I think it's safe to say, probably five mm-hmm. years ago, most. Americans had not heard of kombucha. Now it's, it's readily available or that the health benefits, um, what are those benefits and are they still present within uh, a hard kombucha when consumed?
1: Yeah, typically the benefits associated with kombucha are the probiotics, number one, uh, that's kind of the thing everybody knows about. Those are good for your gut. I think there is some some uh, little-known things about probiotics that is really like the benefits of probiotics typically are not that those probiotics are going in and kind of taking residence in your gut, but actually that they're kind of passing through. Uh, some of them aren't even surviving the passageway down, but they're becoming food for the existing probiotics in your gut, as well as just the, the act of them passing through keeps your probiotic, um, the, the probiotics in your gut, the living bacteria kind of on high alert and keeps them kind of like Keeps them active, which is really good for you. The other benefit is the acetic acid in the making of kombucha. The bacteria, basically, the the way the the kombucha process works is yeast in the culture makes um, alcohol by eating the sugar, and then bacteria eat the alcohol, and the um, output of the bacteria eating the alcohol is acetic acid and all different acids, and that's kind of the vinegar taste that everybody associates with kombucha. So acetic acid is associated with all sorts of health benefits as well. Um, And that kind of, you know, it can be anti-inflammatory. It can be good for digestion. It can be good for a lot of different things. So um, the the main benefits of kombucha are acetic acid and probiotics. And um, that's, you know, those things are both intact after you make high alcohol kombucha. The probiotics are still there. They can survive up to depending on the different bacteria, uh, 10 to 15% alcohol, even up to 20% in some cases. So, you know, at 7% and below they're, they're still having fun in there.
0: A healthy alcoholic drink. I'm on board. I I, I won't, I won't put that claim uh, too much in your your mouth. Uh, Yeah. You can say
1: it. I can't say it, but you know, (laughs) anecdotally, you know, we, we hear from our customers that they don't, experience a hangover as readily as they will with regular, you know, sometimes beer or wine. Um, The other thing that I think to note is, you know, it's not just the kombucha, um, but it's also the ingredients that are added to the kombucha. And I think a lot of the health detriment of a lot of alcoholic beverages is the auxiliary ingredients. And one of the things we we really pride ourselves on is adding fresh pressed juice that we make in-house. So we get in thousands of pounds, millions of pounds of fruit every year and we we press all that fruit in house and add it directly to the finished product and it's raw, it's unpasteurized and it's um it's got all the health benefits of raw fresh pressed juice in there so um and then we also cycle in herbs, uh, a lot of dried herbs that we're we're basically extracting all the benefits of those herbs in house as well so you're not just getting alcohol with potentially some benefits from the kombucha, but you're also getting really good quality ingredients added alongside for flavoring.
0: Mm, that's great to hear, you know, hearing, hearing that more and more uh, where, you know, consumers don't necessarily want to make that full compromise where they say, well, to, to consume alcohol, it has to be unhealthy, you know, and, and again, all joking aside, we're not saying that someone should, I think be drinking Boochcraft as if it's medicinal, Um, but you know, Mm -hmm. people want to enjoy a beverage, but you know, have that awareness that what they're enjoying has quality ingredients in it that aren't going to, you know, produce lasting harm. And, you know, if you're getting a health benefit along the way, you know, it's kind of like, why not? You know, um, why not? Um, Mm -hmm. is, is there caffeine in it from the tea? Yeah, there
1: is a little bit of caffeine. Um, it's probably about like, a quarter cup of black tea equivalent with a, with a serving, with a 12 ounce serving, um, because we are using black tea as our base. So it's not as heavy as what you assume from like a cup of tea, you know, that you would brew it. that strong.
0: Right. Yeah. You're not slamming down a Red Bull with it or, you know, a couple hundred milligrams or something. Um, so you, you've, you're experiencing a lot of early success and and congrats on that. Uh, Who are you finding are the adopters of this? What, what, um, you know, when we think about, you know, the, the various alcohol products out there, we, we at least have a story in our mind of who's consuming it and how, uh, you know, if we mention wine or cocktails or beer and you have yeah. craft beer and then you have, you know, <laughs> what, what should we call it? Lighter beer that's made for higher consumption. Um, uh, who, who are you finding that's consuming, uh, your hard kombucha?
1: You know, it's really across the board. I mean, I think that there's a lot of different demographics. There's, there's, you know, um, working professionals that just want to be healthy and, and and live a healthy lifestyle. They're shopping at Whole Foods or natural grocery stores. Um, you know, even in, into the family realm and even beyond. You know, there's there's a wide age range. Also, millennials that kind of are straying away from drinking alcohol in general, or or maybe moving. Uh, mm-hmm. away from alcohol or potentially drinking a little bit of hard kombucha instead of, you know, not drinking alcohol at all. Um, our customer base is definitely leans more towards female than male, but it's, there's a lot of guys drinking it as well. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a wide range for sure. We were really surprised in the beginning when we were out at the farmer's market, you know, and just kind of getting into as many hands as possible there was just such a wide range of people coming up and saying, you know, buying a case of our product and just saying like, that's all they drink mm. from, you know, 80 year old ladies to, you know, 22 year old, you know, just graduated college kids to everywhere in between. So, mm. um, yeah, I think it can be enjoyed by anyone really, rather than saying like this age or this salary range is really for people it's more lifestyle for people that really want to you know to live a healthier lifestyle or even making small incremental changes to their lifestyle and maybe they're starting with their alcohol choice or you know or whatever
0: mhm yeah, it's really cool that there's there's you know all these different options out there for uh you know an alcoholic drink whether consumed at home or socially or at a restaurant um I think we can think back fifteen mm-hmm. years ago and you know, you really had, what, maybe two or three, and uh, it's exciting to you know that there's something else that can be tried and enjoyed, um, you know, in a little bit different manner. Uh, tell us where folks can get uh, butchcraft these days.
1: We're in a lot of stores. We're in about 3,000 different, um, different accounts and stores all over the West Coast. And so uh, as far as the states that we're in go, we've got Arizona, California, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, Texas, uh, Nevada is just opening up. Hawaii just opened up. Uh, we'll be in New Mexico and I believe um, Idaho sometime soon. And then I'll kind of round out our our footprint for right now. We're going to focus on that area for now and, and work on getting into you know more people's um more people's hands in, in that footprint. And then as far as stores go, it's everywhere from your liquor store to your bar on tap to grocery stores. Whole Foods is a big account for us, BevMo. <clears throat> um, we're in some bonds, Raley's. Um, I, I can't tell you all the accounts because as we've gotten into other states, there's different grocery store chains that I don't know about, but the best way to find us is to go on our website and there's a where to buy uh page that you can click on and put in your zip code and it'll give you a list of all the places and that's updated um regularly so that's a good place to to search around
0: that's awesome sounds like you're not too busy these days
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we keep ourselves busy for sure um and we have a huge team of people that are responsible for getting the product out there we have over 70 employees now and our brewers are the rock stars that make the product and make it happen. And our sales team is out there every day, you know, talking to accounts and trying to win the hearts and minds of retail buyers. And and, um, we have a big experiential team that uh, I think we're going to do 1500 events or over 1500 events this year where we're actually sampling products. So it's a a big undertaking for sure.
0: Wow. Uh, So I'm going to put you on the spot. Whenever we have entrepreneurs on, I mm-hmm. like to uh, pick brains a little bit uh, and, and, you know, investigate any lessons learned and, and such. So uh, you're, let's go five years in, and I, I would say probably the last two years is is what it sounds like when it's it's really taken off for you. What are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way to ask that might be, what would you have done different? Uh, it, you know, if Adam were to have a time machine and, and goes back a couple of years uh, you know, what, what were some of the surprises? What would you have done different? Mm-hmm. What have what you learned on this journey?
1: I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is really just to slow down on some of the decisions. You know, we made some choices with, you know, distributors that had to be changed out early on. Um, some big decisions, you know, that you can't easily course correct. And it it takes such a huge monumental effort to to then go back and undo some of the things you know <clears throat> anywhere from yeah from distributors to technologies they're implemented i remember we went from you know one email platform and, and like you know file storing to a whole another one and back to the original one and <laughs> just such a undertaking especially as you grow and you have more employees and you have to do a big change like that it's um it's challenging and um you know even from like the you know the brewery and and kind of some of the decisions we made about expansion and really just kind of not that we wouldn't have expanded i think we would have expanded at the same rate but just being smarter about okay let's take our time here and make the right decision about how to expand this brewery and you know let's let's not um do something too drastic just because it feels when, when you're growing that fast, it's it, everything feels desperate. You know, you feel like you have to hire a bunch of people very quickly and just like, you, you know, you have to expand the brewery and um, it's, it's worth the extra five minutes or a day or, you know, five days to really make the right decision. Um, so that was a, that's a big lesson learned and we keep, we keep learning that lesson, but I think we're getting better at that.
0: Some great advice. You, you need to be running fast and you need to be sprinting, but uh, it sounds like you know, said five minutes just right, just a, a little bit more conversation about it, uh, can save some time. But sounds like you and your team were also uh, smart enough to make the course corrections along the way when you needed to. But um, yeah, that's the I, I think the growth of any business it goes about that, and I'm sure that there'll be other situations like that, and um. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to just make those calls and said, take a couple more minutes and, and really think it through. Um, so let's talk about how people can find you. You did mention your website and I'll mention yep. again, it's, so it's boochcraft.com. So that's B-O-O-C-H craft.com. And people can also find you on Instagram at boochcraft uh, and Facebook as well. Is there any other way folks can connect with you? Um, yeah, you mentioned Instagram at
1: bootcraft that's our kind of main platform for for all the stuff that's happening we have a newsletter that you can sign up for on our on our website that's a good way to keep in touch and hear about what's going on and um look for us at events you know little demos and grocery stores to craft beer festivals and everything in between and um yeah we're, we're we have a lot of exciting stuff coming online this year we have Um, A couple tasting rooms we're going to be opening in San Diego County, I believe, uh, right now. One for sure in Del Mar and then another one that we're working on in Central San Diego. And um, uh, we've got a lot of new flavors coming out. Um, We finally got the space and time with our new brewery and our innovation lab to actually create some new flavors. So we've got a bunch of new flavors coming out, a lot of Farmer Direct flavors where we worked specifically with a local farm and get all the ingredients from that farm. And so some really exciting stuff, uh, coming in April, you're going to see a
0: lot of new stuff coming. Cool. And yeah, they're interesting flavors. Uh, I can promise you that I'll be this weekend heading down to, uh, probably Whole Foods here and and grabbing some, but you've got, you know, apple lime, uh, you know, a a grape, a coriander, a watermelon mint. It, It sounds like some pretty cool blends. So, uh, congrats on the, uh, I'd still say probably early success. Cause I think that you've got a lot ahead of you and, um, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where the hard kombucha market goes. Sounds like you're out there in front, you got quality ingredients, uh, you're, you're kind of team and infrastructure in place. So I suspect that, uh, you'll be one of the leaders out there, if not the leader. So, uh, Best of luck to you. Thanks a lot for joining. Uh, again, that's Boochcraft. Head over to Boochcraft.com, learn a little, bit, a little bit more. And you mentioned over, I think, 3,000 locations. So shouldn't be too tough for listeners to find. So thanks for Thank joining you. us, Adam. And, uh, and best of luck to you and your team.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to Beyond the Shelf, presented by Chef's Best. For more podcast episodes from inside the ever-changing food and beverage industry, visit chefsbest.com.